0: Welcome to the AV Podcast with Cal C on South Shirav Radio. Welcome to the AV Podcast. Um, so, just before we begin this, uh, my episode on Joel, Ja, Jimmy, and, and Jokic, um, I do want to express one thing really quickly without getting into. Um, too much of his business, but um, the podcast has been a little sporadic the last couple of weeks or so um, without airing out all the details, kind of going through a family situation right now. So just trying to get that resolved or in the midst of trying to get that resolved of uh, the podcast has been a little sporadic. Um, I'm still kind of going through it right now. I'm hoping by the finals, it'll kind of be, you know, putting out regular episodes as normal. Um, and there will be more interviews. Everything's kind of been put on hold for a little bit while I get this stuff resolved, but, um, but I just want to share that with you. So I do apologize that the episodes, especially during the playoffs for the basketball fans that haven't been, you know, it hasn't been coming out as much. That is the reason for it. Um, so I'm hoping that, you know, I will have at least a little bit more, I would say by the finals, I should probably be back up and running. Um, but I do want to share at least a few thoughts because so many things have been happening, um, you know, during that uh, my last episode, especially regarding, you know, the Spurs winning the number one pick. I mean, who couldn't see that one coming <laughs> and they're going to get women, Yama, you know, Portland getting the number three pick and you're hearing all the rumors of of Toronto, you know, hopefully being in the mix for that that third seed. I would love for us to get Lillard, but it seems like we may be getting a Scoot instead, which. You know, possibly, which, you know, if that trade goes through and, you know, I'm okay with the rebuild, you know, especially in light of the last podcast. You know, I'm not mad at the at the at the the definite retool, you know, and getting younger players and possibly getting a star, you know, or a superstar that can grow with us for the next five to eight to nine years or so, depending on how long you can hold on to that contract. Um, So I'm okay with all of it in that aspect but um but i mean there's so much been going on the last couple of weeks since we aired So that you know i feel like i have to jump in and share at least a few minutes at least um so you know I, I will say that i should be back at least i should have at least a episode next week but if not it'll definitely be the week after please just you know just keep keep checking the feeds um you know check the website for any updates in terms of episodes you know wherever you listen to podcasts you know continue to check that as well So, you know, I appreciate your patience with me during this process, man. I thank you. Um, During the last two weeks, I've been looking at everything here, and there's been, you know, many central characters throughout the playoffs, as there there always is, right, in any sport. But for me specifically, there's been, I would say, four central players for me that I want to focus on as storylines, you know, within the last month or so, especially since this playoff started. And, you know, the other day I was – I forgot one of the movie channels I was watching, but I was, was watching Boys in the Hood, right? And a, John Singleton was a director, you know, rest in peace to him. You know, he's done great content over the years, put out great work. I spent about five or six episodes on a snowfall, snow capping series that you can go back and double back on. If, if if you haven't watched the last season of Snowfall, you know, that was his baby. It works within the same vein of of everything that he started from, which was Boys in the Hood and you know i remember watching that movie when it came out when i was younger and you really felt for the characters of the movie doughboy you know trey you know everything that uh you know trey's dad was was teaching him and as an athlete you know especially back in them times when you know you're having your dreams of playing basketball and everything else you know you gravitated towards ricky because ricky wanted what we all wanted at that time a scholarship right and watching it run down the alleyway with the shooter that guns him down with the rifle in his back most athletes during that time you know felt that you know what i mean because it's like man this guy just lost a scholarship we know this is a movie but we all usually gravitated towards that who would think that an athlete watching that movie will gravitate towards a shooter and i say this because <laughs> you know i i guess it's a, a a segue i should say towards ja morant but you know i'm not saying ja, ja morant's a shooter or anything but who would think that you know he's watching that movie and he's more gravitating towards the, the guy with, with the rifle in his hand go figure right <laughs> i don't know I'm making a joke here but i mean with with ja and I, I mean i have to mention this like there there isn't much to to really say that's already hasn't been said many times, you know, this, this story has been beaten to death in the last you know few days or so since the weekend since it's come out. And, you know, even, at, even when the first time it's happened, you know, I didn't have much to say because it was obviously so stupid, you know, the first time to beat it over the head as a podcaster and a media type. Just to me, it just made no sense at that point. It was a no brainer. It's a no brainer in terms of what he did wrong. It, it, it almost made no sense for me to dive to deep dive into it anyway. I did mention this in an earlier podcast. I think it was the uh, the state of the Raptors address when this initially happened, you know we definitely got into that a little bit. You know, when you combine all that with all the incidents from the summer in terms of you know, getting to that fight with the kid and you know allegedly flashing the gun, you know, for running up on finish line to uh, to defend his mama with eight or nine people with him you know, to running up at a sister's volleyball game with, with a crew with them and, and breaking phones and intimidating people. Okay, fine. Serve the suspension. Just be contrite. Don't do it again. You know, and just keep this moving. And the whole I'm going to serve, going to get counseling and you're cured after four days, we all agree that was total bullshit. We know that because obviously it's super duper rare for that to click in that fast. If you're serious about counseling, normally that takes weeks, you know, at minimum and honest it's the business of basketball, you, you can't afford to have him miss the whole season. I don't think people would have been mad if he did, but I get it. You know, the business of basketball between team and player, one of your biggest stars is going to be just randomly removed out the rest of the season. That hurts business. I, I get it. So for this to happen a second time in a row, I mean, it it, it reeks of two things amongst so many other things, but it reeks of two things for me, immaturity and mental health. And this is the problem that I have within the social media era. And and I'm not even putting this on the younger generation because believe me, I can show you many people my age or older that are just as hooked on social media as the younger generation that are very addicted to it as well. It's just the need to post everything for validation that I just – I could just even when I started even getting into social media i just I could just never understand. Believe me, I understand the importance of it, you know, where we are now with life, but for someone like Ja who's in the position that he's in, the need for validation for him isn't that needed for him, really, truly, because how like those videos coming out, the one where he's in the club, the latest one on over the weekend, and the Instagram lives, like I mean not even a video, but the Instagram lives. How does that help his brand? If he's trying to be a billionaire, his words, not mine, his words. How many of those billionaires do you know that are peddling tools for everyone to see that's, that's not skeet shooting or, or hunting? I don't mean the, whole, the old billionaires. I mean, even like the younger guys as well. And even then, even if they are hunting and, and big game hunting and skeet shooting, we don't see it on camera. We don't see this on lives. The only billionaire that, that we know who was peddling tools was Jay-Z. And that's because he told us in his raps. You know, he never showed us. And even when Jay became Jay, you think he was doing that? He had and probably still has security or a team that, that's around him constantly that you, you can't come, come nowhere near touching him. And, and if he wasn't pulling it out and flashing it on people back then for people to see or talk about and take pictures, what makes you think he's doing that in his 50s? I think this whole thing isn't just one thing, of course, it's a clusterfuck of so many other things, but it definitely reeks of the scent of those two. And we know the suspension is going to be lengthy and is coming and is warranted and not just because of the laws that that's been broken, because no laws have been broken in this sense. He's in a carry free state in Tennessee, so you can't have a gun without a permit, you know, in that state where he's in. But the nba also has its own constitution between players and teams that you know deem conduct detrimental to just not only the franchise and the league is going to get you punished and listen adam silver is not david stern stern would have nailed his ass to the wall the first time and practically dared him to do it a second time you know silver is not like that at all you know he's been a player's commission the last nine years or so that he's been in this role but you're you're now forcing him to be more like Stern. So he's in this position where he has to come down hard. You know, the, the whole thing is the whole thing is dumb. It's sad. The NBA is is trying to give players like John the league. And and we all think the transaction is seamless until you find out that, that person that's on the receiving end isn't equipped to handle it. You know, no matter what the social settings that he comes from. You know, it's sad. But he is twenty three. You know, he can't fix it but it's gonna take him a long while to get back to where he is now. And the only way that he's gonna do that is if he lays low and if he does a cleanup around him, like a full cleanup. I mean, you can't put it on his parents. (laughs) He's 23 years old. He's a 23 year old multi-millionaire, And when that economic dynamic flips in the family, yeah, they're still your parents for sure. They'll always be your parents, but they haven't been in your position before. I mean I think for him, if it's not going to be his parents, he definitely has to find somebody to listen to and fast. You know I'm thinking even, even if you call a, an OG like Zach Randolph who who came from the streets and, and had a you know a troubled, a rough, a rough setting in the beginning of his career to ended up being a pillar not just of the, of the Memphis community, but for that franchise. like I don't know if he's, he's had his, his number retired, but it will be, and it should be. He was a great figure for that for that community and that franchise once he got there he's got to fix this just basically because they're going to be coming for that contract the third time and you probably want to start with the homie that's always been there for every incident that seems to be getting you in trouble i forget the guy's name but pretty much every incident that's happened from the lives to all the incidents this summer this guy was right there so clearly it's one of your tight homies that you know (laughs) He's not afraid to uh to get it popping, you know. So you might want to either get rid of him or or he needs to be in those counseling sessions with you. Anyways, enough about that because I want to focus on another Jay here, and I've said this over and over again about my four favorite players in the league, and all of them have uh, disappointed for for different reasons: Curry, Kawhi, and Giannis. But I may have to suspend my fourth off my list entirely until until further notice. And it hurts me because I, I've defended him his whole career, man. I, I, I've, I, I've mainly rode for him, especially the last two years in the regular season at least. And this year, you know, he spoke up. He spoke up about winning this award, the MVP award, and he became more vocal about it. And he made the media rounds about about championing for that, that new Michael Jordan trophy, which represents the MVP award. And God bless him. Between that and and the spin turning on Jokers to win the third, I include myself in that. Joel walked away with it with the MVP, and it was deserved. And you could tell it meant a lot to him because you know you saw him broke down once it was announced that he won it. You know he broke down again during um, you know the presentation in front of the Philly fans, especially when his son came out. Beautiful moments, great moments. You appreciate that. You know, everybody wants to, their athletes to play it cool, but I, I like them to be human sometimes, man. And, and, you know, seeing him break down like that during that moment, I mean, you know this, this means a lot to players. It's life-changing. It's great, right? Especially when you hear the story about how we even discovered this, the, the sport in the, in the first place. It's actually amazing. But the difference between him and those three guys is that they learned to be dominant during the playoffs. And whether it was injuries or him just staying in some kind of shape, he never takes over when the team needs him the most. And there's usually a reason. And if and if he was hurt and we find out that, he, you know, was a bigger tear in his knee than initially reported, then okay. But, man, watching game four and game six of that Boston series, it deeply disturbed me as a basketball fan. And for somebody that's been riding with Joel the longest on, the, on his bandwagon, defensively he was pretty much there. But at times he looked timid and getting blocked by horford multiple times you know especially in game four when pj tucker got that and one and had to basically made a beeline for him beat and just yelled at him to motivate him and let's face it harvard uh james harden saving his ass during game four you would like he would have been crucified had they lost that game stats be damned because you know we look at the stats and you're like well what are you complaining about but if you saw the game you know what i'm talking about but then you know game five and I miss game five due to the same family situation that I'm speaking about. So I miss pretty much all of game five, but you know, you realize, okay, he put the smack down now and now Boston is down three, two, and you're going back to Philly. You're the MVP. This is a big moment now, big moment. Now, you know, this is, this is for you to like, put that, like for him to put that smack down in game six, Philly's going off to the conference finals, where they're going to be hosting, they're going to have the home court advantage. You got this MVP, like this is what it's about. Like this is what the moment is about. And game six, he did it again. He repeated the game four performance. And this time Harden joined him. And because of that, I think that energy basically carried over to game seven. Um, It ended up costing Doc Rivers his job. They ended up getting the blame in terms of Harden and B coming up short. And it's all warranted. It's all warranted. Listen, I mean, <laughs> regarding Doc Rivers and all and all those losing Game Sevens and coughing up all those series where he's up three one or three two in the series. That's a, a podcast in itself. Well, maybe we'll touch on that another time. I mean, think about it. Even, even the title that he won with Boston in two thousand and eight, it took twenty six out of the twenty eight games for them to to achieve that. They went sixteen and ten, I believe, which is almost the maximum of playoff games that you could play in, including going. Seven games in round one against a 37 win Hawks team, which made no sense at the time. But forgetting all that for a moment, at some point, you know, when you're the best player, when you're the quote unquote best player in the game, you have to at some point put the smack down throughout the playoffs, whether it's a whole playoffs or, or multiple series at least, it's the, it's the fingerprints of a truly great player. And he's never done it. Not one time. The last four MVPs didn't make it to the conference finals, right? But Giannis, at least since he won his last MVP, at least won a chip and laid the smackdown. and Jokic is doing it now, you know, and B has never had that stretch. He just wrapped up his ninth season. And you got to wonder with all this time that he's been in the league now, is that playoff switch ever going to flip for him? You know, is it just simply him getting into better shape? Is it, is it just unlucky? Or does he just not get it? I, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying I am completely off the bandwagon, but I've definitely stood up, I've rung the bell, and I'm walking to the steps. I've basically given up most of my hope right now, if not all of it, you know. And and the last two years, think about it. The last two years, when you compare regular season stats and playoff stats, and I know I'm just focusing on one particular stat, but it kind of tells the story. You know, regular season he's averaged in the last two years, respectively thirty points and thirty-three points a game, leading the league both years in scoring. When he contrasts that with his last two playoff seasons, he's averaged twenty three points a game in both. It kinda tells a story. You know, and I just don't see that that's that urgency from him right now. You know, I don't see it. But four years ago, he had a teammate that showed that consistency, you know, that urgency, that dog, and he was cool with being that number two guy and that guy was ben simmons and okay i'm, I'm joking i'm joking philly's long-term success was forever changed when they, they didn't sign jimmy butler and you know they didn't keep him in the building and they were so enamored with with ben and 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 keeping him beside joel that I, that I feel like it's costing them now you know because even then i was i was saying years back that the perfect team for jimmy butler you know if you remember all the situation that he was going through with um in, in Minnesota and how he came into Philly and, you know, he was barking up. I thought that the perfect team is the team that he's at now, which is Miami. But, but I think in some ways, Joel needed Jimmy more than Ben. And we've seen how that's played out, of course, because we all have this revisionist history app that we, 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 we continually tune into, <laughs> you know, when it comes to these things. But, but what would Joel look like now if, if Hemi was beside him? We're not even having this conversation about his, his sense of urgency. You know, whether you win or lose, that's one thing, but when you come in with it every night, we can't question that. We would, we would not even be having this conversation that Jimmy was still on the team. And look, I've always liked Jimmy, but I never thought he was a superstar. And the last two years for me, I have to give it, I, I gotta give him his rose pedals, you know, complete with the, the coming to America theme music. Cause even when he was going off in the bubble, I wasn't fully convinced, but I, I love players who play better and harder in the playoffs in all sports. So how, how could I not love and respect what he's doing right now? The last two years during the regular season, the average 21 and 23 points respectively on average in the playoffs is 27.4 last year and 31.5 this year. Even during game one of the conference finals, he set the tone on both ends of the floor and the team basically is mirroring its leader right? Like Jimmy has set the blueprint and the team has been tracing that blueprint this whole playoffs. Like look at last night, 35 points, five rebounds, seven assists, six steals, six steals, six steals. (laughs) And then you had four players on top of that all get 15 points each. Look, while I still think Boston is going to win the series, I'm not wanting to write that in ink. I'm only going to put that in pencil. Everything at this point is out the window going forward, especially when you consider the coaching matchup between Spolstra and Missoula. If the Heat pulled this off, man, and, and they end up winning the finals or even getting to the finals, I mean, it goes without saying it's the most unexpected thing we, we will have ever seen in this sport. That includes the 99 Knicks, who was also an eight seed because, number one, that was a 50-game season. Uh, they played all 82 games. I'm willing to bet I'm almost positive New York would not have stayed at that eight spot. And even that Rockets team winning it all back in '95 as a six seed and beating four fifty win teams on their way to, to to repeating, at least they were the defending champions that kind of fell apart and you know found its footing towards the end of the season. And look, this team itself, Miami, was just in the conference finals a year ago, and they were within a, a failed three point attempt from Jimmy at the end of Game Seven to making it to the finals themselves. So the remnants of that squad is still there but man they truly struggled all season long like to the point where they couldn't even beat the hawks in the play-in so so look you also have to be lucky to get on a run like this And, and not having Giannis to play against you know for the first three games of that first round plays into it too but you know still regardless of that fact it goes without saying this is beyond impressive He's really driving this train right now. It's incredible to watch as a fan. And I don't know what's in that water in South Florida right now. Was that extra flooding in, in, in Fort Lauderdale last month? Did it provide some sort of special serum that this team drank out of that now allowed the Heat and as well as the, the, the eight-seeded Florida Panthers to even be in the conference finals? I got no idea, I have no idea. But it's unprecedented for, for something like that to be happening at the same time in the same city. It's, it's mystifying. And last but not least, Nikola Jokic, the Joker. And don't get me wrong, I love Jokic. But part of the reason why I was so mad at at, um, at Embiid was because, especially after game four, I'm watching his performance in game four. You know, game four and game six, sorry. And, and I'm countering that with, with Jokic, who played the same night. And I'm watching Joker just go apeshit on Phoenix and it wasn't just the stats it was just the effort it was the 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 urgency that he played with this the sense of the moment of just of just knowing that he has to wipe this team out so that energy the team followed like his last five games I wanna, I I gotta like the last five games I want to make sure I read this correctly he had 30 points 17 assists 17 rebounds 53 points 11 assists 4 boards A 29, uh, 13, and 12 triple double, followed by a 32, 10, and 12 triple double, followed by a 34, 21 14 triple double in game one of the conference finals. I mean, that says everything in terms of urgency, sense of the moment. It jumps off the screen when you watch him play. Right now, during the playoffs, he's averaging 31, 13 and a half boards and 10 assists. He's averaging a triple-double, like a dominant triple-double this whole playoff so far, and it doesn't seem like this train is slowing down. There's very few places you can make him uncomfortable. You know, he has the gaudy stats, but he doesn't exactly need it to win. You know what I mean? It's it's crazy to see where it's like as a superstar, especially those moments like a Shaq, for example, like you were running that ball through Shaq. Shaq needed a ball. Shaq was getting 35 to 40 points, especially when it got closer and closer to the finals. You know, but what somebody like like Joker, like if Joker has 14, 15, and 8, and the team wins by 20, he's good. The team runs through him, but not in that Luka Doncic sort of way. Like, he's fine with the hockey assists. He moves through that energy. He's, he's good with that. But he can still dominate the game. And his team is deep. They're hungry. It just feels like it's their time. And, yes, they got to watch out for the Lakers because the Lakers are playing great they're cohesive right now on on all aspects and they're very well coached which i think is very underrated like darvin ham is doing a great job nobody's talking about that enough he's doing a great job this playoffs especially the once those trades went through but this playoffs especially he's been doing an amazing job but it feels like is like is ready to do this like think about it the last two MVP seasons he was missing his two best players and some of that voting was not just on this great play, but based on look, look at how he's carrying these guys, the team that, that, that he has left with him, and look what he's doing with everything that he's got. And, you know, that's, that's part of the charm of winning those two MVPs. It's kind of like when, when Nash won in 05 and 06, and Stoudemire wasn't there, and everybody thought they were going to fall back, and he had an even better season. You know, he had like a number one, two seed, and even though I thought Kobe should have won that MVP – because he was averaging like 35 a game or something like that, you understood at least that what Nash was doing was amazing as well, right? And now you're seeing what this guy could do with a fully healthy team in the playoffs. And, and don't get this twisted. He made a conference finals before, like, you know, in the bubble, but at least he's not the same player in the bubble as he is now. This guy's way more dominant. He's, he's got that weird, unorthodox, flailing style with a beautiful touch that just works and as big as he is, he's faster than you think. His footwork is better than you think. And he's all seeing, especially at that size. And when you're all seeing on a creative side at that size, it's scary where you can go for the casuals out there. I don't know if you've seen, you know, I'm a father of two. So I've seen Kung Fu Panda a lot, you know, especially that first one and watching Joker this whole playoffs or even in this series. And we don't know how this series is going to turn. out. I think Denver's going to win this series, though. But when you watch Kung Fu Panda and they let the tiger out and the tiger finally meets up on, on Kung Fu Panda, he's trying to get the scroll. That's going to make him this completely legendary villain. And he's looking at Kung Fu Panda and he's like, you're the guy, you're a Panda, you're a fat Panda. That's how I feel like most casuals are looking at this. Like how was this guy dominating LeBron and, and AD, at least in game one, like how can they not stop this guy? But to me, he's he's the Kung Fu Panda right now. I'm not saying he's fat, you know, but you look at his body, you're looking at it, and you're just saying to yourself, like, there's no way this guy can barely jump over a phone book. How is this guy destroying the league like this, especially the playoffs like this? And, you know, it always speaks to, you know, the aspect of fundamentals, right? This is where, you know, for years, I used to always argue with, with people about, athleticism versus skill set and I always said I would always always as as long as I watch basketball as as long as I watch sports I will always take skill set and fundamentals over athleticism any day of the week because that carries you further than your athleticism and we're seeing it right now right you you put that with heart with urgency with effort there's no telling how far you can go right and I'm not saying you can be a superstar because this I mean he's truly unique but Fundamentals in any aspect of life will take you further than your athletic gifts or your talent, right? Like when well, you, you combine the fundamentals and you, and you master the craft of what it is you're trying to do. Now you put that with talent. Psh, it's over. So who cares? And, and I mean, in, in the game of basketball or of sports, even if you're not the most athletic, that doesn't matter. Because if you mastered everything else, who can stop you? Nobody knows where you're going to go but you. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Right. So. I don't Like I said, again, I think Denver is going to win this series. I still think it's Denver and Boston going to be in the NBA finals. We'll see what happens there. But, I mean, this series is going to – both series actually is going to be really fun to watch. Um, but I'm interested to see where Joker takes this because, like I said, the last two MVPs, you know, he took a lot of flack this season, and I'll, I'll throw myself in there. He took a lot of flack this season about, you know, possibly winning a third. And I think this is how you shut everybody up. You know, if you're walking away with the with the Larry O'Brien at the end of the day in the finals MVP, um, it's that Kanye West song over and over again. You can't tell me nothing. Right. That's where we go from here. So, you know, um, I'm going to wrap up for now. You know, thank you for listening to this podcast as always. You know, I appreciate you guys uh, for tuning in as always. You know, make sure you check out and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to the podcast especially on salsharab.com hit me with those five stars. I need those five stars, no matter what's happening. I need the five stars click on it, please. It drives the future of the show. I appreciate you guys. There's going to be more interviews and, and more episodes coming down the pipeline, I promise you. Um, but like I said, if I'm not back next week, you know, due to this situation that I'm dealing with right now, I will be back the following for sure, but I should be back with at least a short episode. At the very least next week, you know, talking about the rest of the uh, NBA finals or anything that may pop up that, you know, we can't avoid and we got to discuss. All right. So I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Once again, my name is Cal C. And you just tuned into the Av podcast right here on Sasha Rav Radio. All right. Until the next one. We out.